Welcome to the Really Telling It Like It Is program. I'm Apostle Baker, Jay Baker, who is a doctor in psychology. And I want to remind you that we're here on Kingdom First TV. And I also want to remind you about my two books, uh, The Spirit of the Fear of the Lord in You. Oh, I had it backwards. The Spirit of the Fear of the Lord in You. And uh, Smile, Laugh, and Be Happy. So, uh, please go on Amazon and get those if you don't have them. They're not just a good read, but they're a good study read. Last week, we were talking uh, with my son, uh, Apostle Raymond Williams from Tampa, Florida, and we have him back again this week. And so I'm really excited about that. And we're probably going to talk a little bit about marriage, but other things. I'm going to ask him some questions. So come on in, Apostle Raymond. Welcome. Hello, how are you? Great. This is exciting. Yes, you know, it's, it's really something interesting that you mentioned. Uh, I have some of my clients, some of my patients. Okay. You know, I do, uh, I do some marriage uh, things, some premarital. I, I don't have any more spaces for those um, because I do other things too. You know, I do my real estate and I have other businesses and different things going on. But this is a book that uh, I don't know if you have this or not, but when I come, if I don't, uh, if you don't, you, you anyway, you should go, you can go on Amazon and get it, or I can bring you a copy, whatever. Um, uh, you can go on Amazon and buy Carrie a copy, and then I'll bring you one and sign it, and then I'll sign hers too. But anyway, here's this book, and what it does is it has a lot of uh, 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 different parts in it, and I've had people to go through this individually and with each other, and marriages and things are being saved by that. You know, I mean, there's a whole lot happening. There's tools and things. And this is one of the things that's important. Uh, I want you to talk about, I want you to talk to us about, uh, you know, we were talked about communication and communing and how to see clearly, you know, the scripture talks about that a man ought to, uh, that a man should live uh, according to knowledge about his wife so that his prayers are not hindered. But I read a whole chapter and it, it talks about a number of different things in there. And many of the things in the word of God, uh, some of the things in Ephesians where it's talking about marriage and, and all and a woman needs, I mean, or it's talking about the church and how women need to be silent and this has to happen and all of these different things. Um, there's different places in the Bible where people talk and they say, well, that's situational. This is situational. That's situational. But there's certain things that are not situational. In, in marriage, there are things that God has for principles. And I, I, I mean, here, I'm just going to submit this to you. I believe that the biggest problem that we have with marriage is that people are focused on themselves. How is this person going to be good for me rather than service? See, I'm here to serve, even in ministry. You know, uh, uh, the great Solomon, how did he get all of his wealth? With, with proper communication, you'll have great sex. With proper communication, you can't help but have money. 
can't help be because you're manifesting the kingdom of God. See, and with, with that kind of thing. So I want you to talk about service. I want you to, I, I want you to talk about the fact, and especially in men, you know, we, 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 we talk about, um, we talk about women a lot and what they need to do, but a man is supposed to be the one that's leading. And if you're leading and no one's following, there's a problem with your leadership. And there's a problem with submit. There's a problem with being able. How can, okay, here it is. I'm going to submit to this, right? Here I have my hand up here and I'm going to submit to this. But here it is. I go to submit to it and it moves. I go to submit to this and it moves. It's unstable. So many times, and, and I've seen this. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a doctor in psychology. And so I look at what's happening. I look at a whole picture. Many times, many women want to submit and they try to submit. But there's no standards. And where there's no standards, there's no safety. There's no protection. So you're trying to submit to something. This is the reason that it's easy for us is to submit to God's word because he says, my word does not change. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. I do not change. I'm yesterday. We talk about God didn't kill nobody. God didn't do this. God wouldn't do this. God wouldn't do this. That's our thing. God says, you ain't read my book. Okay. So I'd like for you to talk about that. And I mean, I threw a lot at you at one time, but I know you can handle it. So uh, go ahead on baby boy. <laughs> So thank you again. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for trusting me on this platform. Um, everything you said is interesting, um, especially with that that piece of communication, right? Um, so yeah, you said a lot. Where I want to start. So when it, you, you mentioned um, serving one another, I, here's how I see it. At least for Carrie and I, as I stated last week, her and I have been married 29 years. Come this uh, October. And we've been dating 32 years. And in 20, 30 years of marriage, we have learned one thing. 100% of 100% of conflict that goes unresolved in a marriage is because of one thing and one thing only. Selfishness. In other words, if you let me have my way, we wouldn't be having this problem right now. That's just totally self. That's selfish. It, it, it's about me. It's, it's never about me doing introspection and checking my heart to see where am I in this in this relationship. As it relates to men and, and us in our service in a marriage, I think that for some reason, again, I've, I've done this a little while and I don't know everything, but I know a little bit about some things. And one of the things that I, I've learned and think I'm still learning is that for some strange reason, men, we we find service in marriage to be dis demasculating. We find it to be for some reason, many men have, have found that to serve my wife means that I now have to submit to her. And in a sense, you are correct. I mean, I, I would be a false prophet to tell you that that's not the case because the Apostle Paul made it very clear to submit yourselves unto one another. 
right? As unto the Lord. So, so there is a sense of submission when it comes to a man and a woman in this marriage relationship. We, we both should be totally submitted to the will of God and the laws of God. And if we do that, then what, what I have found from my marriage as a man, that my submission to my wife puts her in a position where it convicts her to submit to me. So there's not a wrestle there because what, what she sees is that I am walking out biblical standard. And so I think that, and, and I get it, I so get it that it's difficult to submit to a man who's moving, who's not stable, who is fickle, who does not want to submit to God. The challenge is <clears throat> that God does not reward or deal with your husband based on how you decide to submit. He deals with you. So there, there's still an area where, okay, he may not be doing quite well. He might not be following God. But as long as as long as you submitting doesn't take you out of the laws of God, then you have you have vowed a vow to submit when you said I do there. Part of the fine print in that covenant is that you will submit. So so in order, somebody in the relationship has to represent Christ in this relationship. And what better candidate than you? If you've got the revelation from God about what should be done. So if God is, is revealed to you that, hey, he's not submitting in his heart. Well, if you've got revelation that I'm not submitting, therefore, you've automatically defaulted to the knowledge that you should be submitting. So I get the challenge of it. And this is where that part comes in. And I, I know that it might not be a biblical scripture for this. And we've, we've said this throughout years, but it is a truth that for better or for worse, this is where that statement comes in, that when we got married and we were we we missed all the wedding vows because we were so in love at the altar and we're just ready for the honeymoon. And when we ran off and after all of the good sex is over and the new marriage smell is gone. And now, you know, I, I think and I, I say it this way, you're married by love and excitement at one moment and the thrill of it, and then you're married by faith, right? So when that new car smell runs out and, and now it's, okay, now I'm married to you by faith. I don't feel like I'm in love, but my faith says I'm committed to this. And I'm gonna be here until Jesus does his work in our marriage. So I, I understand and my heart goes out to every woman who is struggling in, in that area. I don't have a flawless marriage, but I've got a beautiful, perfect marriage uh, and it relates to Christ. And I've realized that it takes committed people who there's nothing special about my marriage other than the fact that, that Carrie and I made a conscious decision to to submit to God's will. I think for anyone who's not married, married right now, I think that's a statement that speaks very highly of why it is important, critically important that you know you're in the will of God when you marry who you marry. I find it impossible to to believe that God doesn't show us the signs of a of a possibly catastrophic marriage before we get married. All the signs are there and it's oblivious of us to think for a moment that we're going to fix them when we get married. I'll take him to church when I get married and he'll got to work on it. And that don't ignore those little things now, because those little things are the telltale signs that I'm a real fool when I get married.
Those telltale signs, you know, that little temper tantrum and getting in his feelings and shutting down and not talking and being distanced, that, that's a clear sign that he'll walk out and leave you for four or five days when you get married, when he get mad. And so, so make sure that you've gone through proper protocol and steps uh, before you get married and, 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 and make sure that's God's will. Because there's a lot of things we can avoid. Now, that's not to say people don't get stuck on stupid and get crazy and get demonized when they get married. People decide to yield to the enemy for whatever reason. But at least moving into this thing, you know, I want to be able to decide if I want crazy in my life or not. I, I, let me make that decision. Don't don't you just pop that up on me. Let me decide that I want to deal with that. So I think from that perspective, I would encourage that person who's not married and considered marriage that person who might be in a marriage right now and, and you're just kind of in that place to say uh, there's many situations where it is that men refuse to work you know i i i have a uh i have a, a a granddaughter right now that's going through a situation that um you know here it is that all of this time you know there's this excuse this excuse this excuse what is it, you know, uh, when 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 men find the reason that they can't or they won't work and they're comfortable in it? I mean, you know, they 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 say they're not comfortable in it, but they do it. And these are some things that are happening in our society because you you uh, many of these women, many times that they're Proverbs 31 woman, that they're going to find their hands to do something and they're going to do it with all of their might. But even they don't even have the support. You know, I'm not going to work with you. Why is that? Because I want to be the boss. I, um, I went through a divorce uh, many, many years ago. And, um, you know, hardness of my heart, hardness of his heart and all of this. But I had the, uh, as you already know, I mean, I'm a go-getter. You know, I, I refuse just to sit still. You know, I mean, I always have businesses and different things. But one of the things of it was, is that I want to do this business with you, but I want to be the boss. Well, you can be the boss, but you, where are you going to lead us to? See, there's no place to lead us to. So we're not going to go anywhere. Your being the boss has a stagnant. And then we sit together and starve. And I don't believe that that's God's will or God's things. And these are some of the things that some of the people that I'll probably be sending to you. These are some of the issues that people that, yeah, yeah. That's why you better charge. Uh, so, so, you know, so, some of the things that, that we're running into. And this is in the so-called, and I call it, I call it biblical believers, I call it Christian. I call it everything except kingdom of God citizens because kingdom of God citizens don't live that way. So, you know, I know I threw a, a mouthful out there and, um, you know, go for it. Talk to talk to us. So, no, I, I think you make a very valid point there. Um, and so now I clearly understand what you mean from that perspective. Yeah, I think that that is, um, you know, Carrie and I are dealing with some of that stuff right now with some of the couples that we're, we're engaged with where um he just there's one couple i can think of right now he just refuses to he's got every excuse why he doesn't go to work there's all kind of reasons why i'm not working and she's busting her butt to make ends meet to take care of things one of the instructions that we have given her and i gave her these instructions in front of him and that was 
to not put him on any of the financial accounts right now because in their situation he doesn't want to go to work but he wants to spend all the money on certain things that are that are non uh, non-beneficial to the family so therefore she's out there making money and struggling to get the bills paid because he thinks it's best to go buy buy stuff we don't need tvs and video games and things that are not putting food on the table so i said to her in front of him uh he needs to be held accountable and he doesn't need to be on any of the accounts right now because he can't be trusted not to bring the family into debt and to sabotage and have the family outside tomorrow so he doesn't need to be on any of the accounts now of course we're big proponents and, and we're advocates of of married couples having joint accounts i'm not into separate accounts i think i think that's a demonic thing i think when i think the only reason you have a separate account is because you're trying to hide something but in this case i think it's 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 beneficial because he has proven that he is not willing to contribute to the well-being of this family and therefore somebody has to be courageous enough to take a stand to say we're going to keep this family afloat i'm not trying to be the man i'm not trying to take your place but but one of us has to have enough sense or we're not going to have we're not going to have a place to stay tomorrow so i think there are certain things in every situation is unique I, but i think that there are things you should put in place so that he is accountable so that you know you might you you might need to bring a, a third party in and get some counseling or some therapy for you and if he refuses to go then you should be accountable and be getting consistent therapy so that you can a be accountable for still being a great wife and doing your part b you can be a great wife and learn how to keep your sanity while you're dealing with this foolishness and and see you can be a great wife keep your sanity and maintain your peace in relationship with christ so that you can navigate through this until god does a change in his heart and you can do that in a way that is going to be non uh, non demasculating to him so that he can still feel like he's the man and he can still have his little ego or whatever he needs to have to make him feel good but you have to turn your attention to christ and you've got to stay in the word of God and you, you've got to find a way to be submissive within reason and within biblical protocol and stay engaged with God. Uh, nobody, God never said this thing was going to be simple or easy. It is doable, but we've got to do it his way. And so, again, I think every situation is, is unique. But these are some of the instructions that Carrie and I have given to people. And I'm not going to go back and apologize. I'll, I'll say that again. Uh, though I meant that thing because he's sabotaging his family. No, 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 no. We're, we're not, we're not going to do that. If, if you choose, if you choose to abandon me and the kids and leave us, I'm going to cry many nights. I'll hold that pillow tight and say, Lord Jesus, hold my heart, but I'll do it in the house. I'm not going to do it on the streets. So yeah, you, you got to put yourself in a, in a position that's going to take care of your family. I actually uh, brought those things forward because I wanted this people to see different sides of who you are, of the different types of things and situations. Because now, uh, in in choosing a counselor or a therapist or a person that's going to assist you, you have to have someone that is well grounded in the Word of God and not uh, not narrowly uh, uh, religiously. Uh, giving you stuff because I've known people to tell that did not understand the word of God, did not rightly divide the word of God that have had people in abusive relationships. And I mean, getting beaten 
getting a husband or a wife or whatever it is doing pornography and doing all of these other things. And then they're telling them you got to stay. And uh, this is, this is something. Uh, and these are relationships, some of them with children, some of them with not. So, I mean, we're talking about older people too. We're not just talking about younger people. And uh, you know, these are things that can cause death. You know, these are things that are, are, are uh, you know, and, and people don't realize God hates divorce, but understanding when they were talking about this, that if you divorce, then you cannot remarry because of that, 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 you have to remember these were things that were mainly talked about in those types of things. It was talked about uh, in the first covenant because Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is still a part of the old covenant because the new covenant didn't start until uh, until the book of Acts. We don't start to see that until the death, burial, and resurrection. But here it is. One of the things of it is, is that remember they were, they, they were having uh, uh, every year they were, were, were sacrificing every year uh, uh, at, at Rosh Hashanah uh, or I think it's Rosh Hashanah, whatever it is, the, the highest day of the, the year or whatever, all the sins were forgiven. All the sins were forgiven. So, you know, uh, getting someone that actually knows the word of God is it, it is totally important because people a lot of times people don't understand the word of god and so they 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 just repeat things and i'm really proud of, I, i'm really um i'm glad that here it is that you actually you're continuously studying you're continuously improving yourself in order to be able to serve the people that god has given you to serve properly we have about five more minutes and i'm going to mute so that you can talk Okay, so yeah, you're right, mom. So a couple of things before our time uh, resolve, dissolves on us. The first thing is, um, as it relates to that divorce piece or leaving the house, because so I'm with you, I'm a proponent of marriage. I, I, I will never in my life tell someone they need to divorce someone. They need to make that decision and then live with the outcome of that decision. However, there are times where I have told people, and, and I've, I've said this to a wife in front of a husband, and, and I've also told a husband this in front of his wife. You need to leave this relationship right now. You need to you need to legally separate somewhere. Um, however, in this separate because somebody's going to get hurt. We had one couple where the, the wife pulled a knife on a butcher knife on him while he was in the shower. And, and I made it clear you you need to get out of there and he needs to leave and you need to give him the space to leave until the two of you get some serious help because somebody's going to get hurt now. In leaving a relationship, there's some steps. We shouldn't even ever talk about a divorce until certain things are taking place. And it it's going to take years before we get a divorce. Years. Because <clears throat> you need counseling, first of all. Real serious therapeutic counseling takes a while. It, it takes time to dig through this stuff and start dealing with your childhood and what got us here. That stuff takes time. And then you need mentoring. You need somebody to come along and mentor you through this process. So we've got years of grunt work to do, because if you haven't done all that, I don't even want to talk to you about a divorce if you hadn't gotten some real serious counseling. Right. And so while you're separated, you need to be dating. 
You need to find a, a, a mutual place so that we can meet and date one another and have some discussion and have some conversation. Not at my house, not at your house. This ain't time to meet at the hotel and be sleeping together. We're separated. We need to be dating. We need to be talking about our future together. We need to have some mediation going on and you go home and I'm going home and then we need to come back together the next week. And we need to be, be walking through this process so that we can get it together. So by the time we come back together under the same roof, We've both been delivered enough to love one another and be together. You don't date other people, but you need to be dating one another from a distance and working through this process with one another. So the last thing I want to say to that, because I know we're, we're crunching for time. So Carrie and I wrote a piece of material about three weeks ago that we were blessed to be able to share with. A, we go over to another city every second Tuesday of the month. And uh, we ministered to about 40 married couples and we did an activity with them, the, a piece of material that God gave us. And it's called um, building a healthy marriage support wall. And so what we did was we walked them through. It's a total process. I'll just read off the things, but it's a whole process. Took us about an hour and a half to go through it. And it's called a marriage wall. So we helped them to build a marriage wall. And we believe that every single couple should have a marriage wall around them. And here's what that wall looks like. Every married couple should have married friends. In other words, you've got friends in your life who are married. There should be another couple in your life who you can spend time with and enjoy life with. Also, part of that wall is his encourager slash mentor who is dedicated to him and also her marriage mentor and her count, her encourager, somebody that she can turn to and fall apart and he can get real answers and they're not going to talk against your spouse, but they're going to help you through the process. Now, when it comes to that, I believe his mentor should meet his wife and her mentor should meet and build some relationship with him so that there's always a unity when it comes to why I'm counseling you, why I'm encouraging you and so forth. Also, number three is our mentor. So now we both have mentors who are mentoring both of us simultaneously through our marriage and helping us through conflict resolution and so on. Then what we need outside of mentors, we, we should have in our life. Yes, ma'am. We got we have we got about 30 seconds and that's it. I want to I want to let you know if you need to get in touch with uh, if you desire to get in touch with Apostle Raymond, his uh, email. I mean, his his uh, www.forbidden uh, forbidden to forbidden to fail dot com. Uh huh. And EF. Uh, go ahead. Give him the, the other address. Your your your. Uh, so the so the address of the website is forbidden to fail.com. You can also reach me directly to my email, which is raydwill at gmail.com. And I'm on Facebook at Raymond Williams. You can catch me Monday through Friday, every single morning at 5:45 a.m. on Facebook.com. All right. That's that's a, a Florida time. So in California, you'll be able to do other time and um, uh, East Coast time. Uh, uh, sweetheart, it has been such a joy. You will be back with me. We will do this again. And so, again, uh, remember, this is Kingdom First TV. Remember, the convergence is the last weekend 
of June uh, 28th through July 1st in Ontario, California. This is Apostle Baker, Jay Baker, who is a doctor in psychology and her baby son, Apostle Raymond Williams, saying thank you for allowing us into your space. And he didn't mean sleep. He meant have sex. He didn't mean sleep because sleeping ain't no problem. It's having sex. That's the problem. Anyway, we'll see you next time when we're here. Tell them it like it is. Bye-bye. <laughs>